All right, The Father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. What a movie. Um, okay. It was... I'm still emotionally traumatized from it. I didn't I didn't sleep well last night after watching this movie. Oh no, I'm sorry. Listen. No, uh, it's not your fault. It's Anthony Hopkins' fault. We're gonna have to turn the movies down next week. You'll have to pick something lighter. I mean, gosh, Nomad Land mm-hmm. felt like a family friendly Disney film compared to The Father. <laughs> this I don't know what it was. This movie really just broke broke everything inside of me. <laughs> it was so I just lost it. Like, I think my neighbors could hear me crying. I'm anyway. sorry. Well, maybe we can process that today and get through it together, huh? <laughs> this is like a therapy session today. This should be Yeah, fun. this is going to be great. I got, I got my, uh, I have my security chicken over here, as you can see. I know. He's so cute. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's our intro, huh? Okay, everybody, we're trying to get up the emotional resonance to get excited about today's film. The Father, <laughs> I'm Josh. Yes, you are. And I'm Cassie. That's right. And, and together we're Josh. You usually, you, you usually together we're Josh yeah. and Cassie. Well, you usually have like a, I'm a freelance entertainment journalist. I was waiting for you to finish I, it. I know. I like, to, I like to change it up on you. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't Listen, prepared. So it's acting. You always <laughs> you, get prepared. You threw me a curveball. I know. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I failed that test. Uh, listen, have you seen my watch? Oh, don't start with right, me. <laughs> don't make me cry. That's going to be the theme of the film. Have you seen my watch, everybody? We, we, we jumped into that like really fast and like head first, and I just wasn't prepared. Well, that, that comes up like so many times in the film. He says it over again. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, yeah. I guess guess he's uh if you don't know what time it, breaking my heart every time if you don't know what time it is i mean what do you got yep what, what do we got, got? Uh, what time? anyway so guys we're a weekly oh, we're a weekly God. movie review podcast we uh, we try to talk about yeah stuff. we really got it together we today it together. too if you can't stop. like i said uh we try to talk about current films to be part of the conversation and uh, this is the second consecutive film we looked at that features uh, an actor nominated for best actor at the academy awards anthony mm-hmm. hopkins that's right that's right. And at this point, it looks like it's probably going to be between him and Chadwick Boseman. And I have not seen, I have not watched the Chadwick Boseman film yet. Mm-hmm. So have you? I haven't. I haven't. It sounds good, but maybe we should do that uh, one next week. You, um, is it The Four Bloods? No, Ma Rainey's Black Oh, Bottom. I did see that. That is, that is, that's oh, great. If you want to watch it next week, let's go for it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I need to watch it. But because after watching The Father, I was like, what could possibly beat this okay this, this just I, I mean that one that one has some um that one okay. has some emotionally traumatic scenes also just just okay go great okay <laughs> not like this it's mostly i mean it's most no this is what happens when you watch oscar oscar film after oscar film I mean, it's, <laughs> they're all so every, everything goes great until it doesn't that's that's what i can tell you yeah. that's a spoiler you guys for uh ma rainey's Oof. black bottom okay all right. Well, coming on strong today. Cassie, how are you feeling about this movie? Yeah. You ready to talk about it? I don't. I mean, yes, I'm ready to cry about it. <laughs> it was like 1145 at mm. night when I finished this movie. And I was trying to think there are like two movies that have made me cry this hard. 
And the first one is AI, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And the second one was Train to Busan, which I don't think you have watched. I don't watched. think I have. No. Um, yeah. So this was in my top three <laughs> films that have made me audibly sob to the point where there was snot coming out of my mm. nose. Uh, it was it was not it was not a pretty scene. Uh, well, sometimes you need to get that out. It was very cathartic. You're, no, you're right. It was it was a really good cry because it was a really good yeah. movie. Yeah. I, I the film that does it for me is Life is Beautiful, starring Roberto Benigni, if you haven't seen that. Uh, I haven't. I remember it. I remember when it was popular, but I've never watched yeah. it. Well, you know, just a, just a good old fashioned family fun film about uh a comedian. It's a Holocaust right. movie, yeah, right? Hol- Isn't it? About a comedian yeah. who goes to the Holocaust with his son, but he tries to pretend they're not in the Holocaust just to protect his oh, son's no. emotions, you know? Oh, no. What? He does it. He, uh... <laughs> no, I believe I can't just, I'm just can't even start processing right this right now. I'm all right. I'm still sad about dementia okay. from this, this film. All right. Spoiler, guys. <laughs> this film is about dementia. Okay. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. We've, uh, we're lollygagging a little bit here, you guys. Yeah, we are. Uh, maybe Sorry. we're let's, maybe let's we're terrified to talk about it. It's a it's an emotionally no. dramatic film. Anthony Hopkins at the very beginning of the film is losing his mind. He's losing his agency. That's like an, a key word we talked about last week. His agency. He's You're worried right. about losing his agency right. throughout the film. We see we see it's an interesting film because we see it from his perspective the whole time, which means he's talking to someone and then he turns around and then they're not there and it's like two years later. Yep. Or sometimes he sees someone as someone else, right? Yeah. And really, in the end, we don't know what was real. We don't know what happened, when it happened, when he was in his daughter's house, when he was in his own house, if he was in in this, uh, you know, care facility this entire time. Just, I mean, it's confusing and scary and just so unbelievably devastating. I mean, Anne, Anne, are you there? Anne? Oh, God. Lucy. <laughs> no, Lucy was the one that <laughs> broke my right, heart. Let's, let's hold off on talking um, about Lucy. It took me a while to figure that out. Gotcha. Did you figure that out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right away. As soon as he asked for her, I could tell based on Anne's reaction that, that oh, um, she wasn't. Right. But did, yeah. did you realize that uh, Lucy appears later later in the film? You mean in the hospital bed? No, like the remember, like the nurse. The nurse originally was a blonde girl, and then later it was a it was another lady. Yeah, I think he was seeing yes. his daughter Lucy in the face of his nurse. I think he said Imogen Poots, the blonde nurse, looked like Lucy. Yeah, that's a that's a, now, that's a cute name. By the way. See, now I'm confused. Imogen. Yeah, she's adorable. I love her. Yeah, I've really liked her for a long time. She's. Super um, cute. Um, so, so one of the one of the common refrains in the film, like I said, he's losing his agency. Is where's my watch? He's always like hiding it for some reason. We don't know why. And then he accuses people of taking it, and then he gets real angry. He says, "Where's my watch?" He's like, "Anne, Anne, have you seen my watch?" And he's always accusing everybody of taking everything because he's worried he he is losing his mind. But he just it it terrifies him, and he can't confront it until the end of the film. What did you, what did you think at the beginning? As with a lot of these movies, I don't know exactly what I'm getting into, which is how I like it. So since you're seeing it from his point of view, I thought he was sitting in his own home and his daughter (laughs) had come to visit and she was just someone who came to visit to check up on him and was discussing getting him, getting him a nurse and telling him that she was moving to Paris. I took everything at face value, you know? Yep. Except she didn't move to Paris or did she? But yeah, exactly. I, I think she did. I don't know. We still don't know. 
because we're Anthony Hopkins in this movie and he doesn't know either, you know? Yeah. And then, gosh, it almost, it has the feel of a psychological thriller. A little bit. You know, a little bit. But so, you know, to think that this is real life and that this is something that people go through every day. I just want to say if uh, hopefully you don't ever marry somebody like that is so rude to your dad. That's all I can say. Oh, it was horrible. Um, I was trying to figure out if some of it didn't actually happen. Like the scene where he was hitting yeah. him. I mean, do you think that actually happened? I couldn't, I couldn't I tell. Think, I think it did. God, it just broke my heart. It broke my heart. I just wanted to give Anthony Hopkins a big hug. Because you, you see the refrain from like the two different husbands. One was named Paul and the other guy. I don't know the other guy's name, but they were, God, I can't remember they, they like the interchange in his mind. And at one point he's yes. seeing Paul, but then Anne comes back and you see it's her other husband or, or whatever, her boyfriend. We, we yeah. don't really know how deep their relationship got, but he's, uh, he's very rude to him. And he says to him, how much longer, this is very British. How much longer do you intend to hang around getting on everybody's tits? Like, very mm-hmm. British. And he also says, doesn't he say at one point, sometimes I wonder if he does it on purpose. Yeah. Like he thinks he's faking it. You know, it's. Yeah, that's absurd. Kind of outrageous. Yeah. And you just feel so much for him that when you see Anne getting a little frustrated with him or short with him, or even the, you know, the nurse is kind of like laughing at him going, what are you talking about? Like, what, and you, you just want to scream like, well, he doesn't, he doesn't know. He's so confused, you know? Um, yeah, and he hates being talked down to. Like he says more than once, "What are you? Yeah. What are you talking to me that way? What do you think I'm retarded?" Mm-hmm. Again, that's an exact quote. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not just saying the word. Right. Yeah, we're we're not saying that. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins says that. <laughs> so it reminded me a lot of. So there's a show on Hulu called Castle Rock. Not sure if you've heard of yeah. it. Bill Skarsgård is in it. We all know how I feel about mm-hmm. Bill. That's why I watched it. But I recommend I, it with or without. I thought him you liked both good. of the Skarsgårds uh, brothers, by the way. Both? There's like 17 oh, of really? them. <laughs> there, are, there are so many of them. Okay. But yeah, only one of them is on Twitter, oh, as far as okay. I know. I'm doing a, I've done a lot of research <laughs> on the Skarsgård social media presence. Anyway, so there there is an episode where Sissy Spacek's character suffers from dementia. And it's, it's, it's a really beautiful episode. It's a lot like this film. It's from her perspective. And she's seeing things happen more than once. You know, situations repeat themselves like they kind of do in this movie. She forgets who people are. She confuses people a lot. And seeing it from her perspective, that that was the first thing I had ever seen that did anything like that. And it really blew me away when I watched it. Yeah. I think a year ago or so was when I saw it. So really, when I watched this movie, it reminded me so much of that. Um, And I was wondering if there was any... Have you ever seen anything like this done before? Like anything like this from a, the pr- perspective of uh, maybe Memento? Maybe. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's a film called Awakenings I really liked a long time ago with Robert De Niro and Robin Williams mm-hmm. about about some condition where Robert De Niro is like hibernation for like 15 years and then he wakes up and he's trying to remember mm-hmm. everything. And Robin Williams is his okay. doctor. Super emotional film. Huh. Anyway. Yeah. So in addition to his watch... He's always talking about his flat. He says, "And this is my flat. What's this man doing in my flat? Yeah. And then he says frequently, uh, he says, you're going to leave me. You're going to leave me. He says, the rats, that's it. The rats are leaving the ship. And then he breaks down and says, what's going to become of me? He says that a few times. He does. And I love the, just 
his facial expressions throughout the film. Every time someone's face changes and he's not quite sure who he's talking to, mm-hmm. yeah, I would just look at his face in this the look of confusion. But he doesn't want to say, you know, you can tell he's he's ever you know they say, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." But he's not fine. He's he has no idea what's happening, and he's just trying to to hide it. Yeah, Do you know and, what I mean. And then there's this one part where Laura comes in, but it's I mean not not Laura, his daughter Anne. But it's like a different aunt who I think he's seeing his his other daughter Lucy in her. If you notice early on, the, the, there's kind of a switch, and he says he says Anne because she looks different. I think it's Lucy, and he says, "What is this nonsense?" That's that's early on. Uh, I thought the nurse looked like Lucy. She does though. also like that that same actress <laughs> is a like same actress who I believe is the face of his daughter Lucy, who we see in like we yeah, see in kind of a dream sequence near the end when he's in yeah, a hospital, which was the only part of the film that I felt like felt kind of out of place personally but yeah was that a dream sequence or was that really the place he was in all along you know what i mean right we don't know. <laughs> it felt yeah it f- felt a little out of place like a little horror oh, very much yeah but, oh no yeah. it was it, it had that feel of like there's this woman in, in a hospital bed he goes up he walks into a room and he hears her say dad 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 yeah. dad but i yeah. i think that was lucy he's seeing in that hospital bed <laughs> And it, yes. Oh, yeah. It and was. that was probably a flashback to the fact that she had an accident, and, and he doesn't remember any yeah. of that. And maybe, maybe the accident is what you know triggered all this uh, this repressed trauma for him. Uh, possibly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, d- dementia doesn't tend to have a specific trigger, I, does it? I don't know, but he seems to remember everything else pretty well, except the accident. He, he doesn't remember anything about it at all. He just keeps saying she never comes to visit anymore. I miss her so much. And then Anne, you know, mm-hmm. cries and she says, I miss him too, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, anyway, there's some levity that, uh, happens when, uh, Laura, the new nurse shows up. Was that her name? I, I guess. Yeah. I Laura, the, the blonde girl, you said, okay. Jean Poots, you said, yeah. Yes. Yes. She shows up. Yeah. He, he thinks she's really, really attractive. And then he offers her whiskey and he starts dancing and he says, I was a dancer. Yes. And Anne says, no, you weren't. You were an engineer. And, and that's how it, you know, I know with, diseases such as dementia and alzheimer's they do have moments of like lucidity i've heard you Mm -hmm. know so i'm sure there were times when he seemed completely fine and then other times when he seemed totally out of it and you know here i was thinking and hoping that this nurse would like (laughs) turn everything around and you know be a a bright spot in his life but who knows how long she was even there or when she was there yeah and then and then (sighs) and then the moment turns on a dime when he says laura reminds me of lucy and just like lucy She has an unbearable habit of laughing incessantly, and it makes Anne cry. That was odd. It, yeah, that was. And then odd. he goes to his room. Anne starts crying, and she says, "I'm sorry. I, this is. I told you he was like this." Yeah, and she said, "That's quite. That's a quite normal reaction, yeah. isn't that what she yeah, says? That's normal. a normal response." What happens next? <laughs> uh, well, he. Listen, I am. Tra- I'm not kidding when I'm telling you I'm traumatized. No, I know it's okay. It's quite all right. He's a. Uh, <laughs> He's really mean uh, talking about his daughter on uh, a number of occasions. He tells Paul or whatever the other husband is, she's not very bright. She gets that from her mother. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes maybe he was on drugs when he said that. I mean, uh, I I apparently was really rude to people when I was on uh, drugs for three days in the hospital. So maybe that's what happens. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe dementia is uh, kind of the same thing. Also, Anne doesn't drink at all. I wonder if that's uh, I wonder if that's just that her coping mechanism to try to to try to say st- stay sane for him. So she's always there for him. What do you think? Um, I hadn't thought about that, yeah. honestly, but it's a good, I mean, you can tell she is investing a lot of her life into helping her father at this point, which is making her, 
<laughs> both her husbands <laughs> incredibly frustrated yeah. and they were definitely the the least likable mm-hmm. characters in this in this yeah. whole thing i mean mm-hmm. oh you um, know what i've got another theory you ready yeah All right. let's hear my it my theory is it was lucy that went to paris lucy that's my theory oh okay, okay. and because he because he, sure. he makes fun of paris he says paris they don't even speak english there he says it several times so mm-hmm. i i think that's why there's like two different husbands because it's he's seeing her Anne, and then later he's seeing lucy okay one of them yeah. was Anne's husband and one of them was lucy's husband i think that's very possible yeah. well in the end one of them was also his one of his doctors remember yeah. Her name was Catherine, and again, I think he sees Lucy in her. And oh no, I meant the man, the man, the man, the husband's face. Yeah, remember oh, right, he, yeah, he the, comes the, in. The, the husband yeah. named Paul. He appears in the face yes. of this doctor at the very end. Uh, and Paul, throughout the film, is always like giving these weird glances. Like when he sees him for the first time, he's like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, "What? What do you mean?" He's like, "You're in yeah. my flat." He's like, "Okay." And then he's like, uh, "I think I'm going to call your daughter." And it's another one of those films, kind of like when we talked about with St. Maud, mm-hmm. where sometimes real life, things that can happen in real life can be even more terrifying than anything supernatural. You know, it's, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Something like mental mental illness in the case of St. Maud or, you know, aging and mental deterioration. I know when I was watching it, I was thinking, I have like a really big fear of aging. Oh. <laughs> and I also hate watching my parents get older. So I think that might even be why I was so affected by by this movie in particular. I, I got it. I remember 30 years ago, I used to, you know, my dad used to ask me to pull gray hairs off his neck. Like, <laughs> off his neck? <laughs> yeah, he had a really hairy back. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Uh, <laughs> I'm always here for a weird Josh dad story. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was handshakes all the time too, and he really hates that and tries to hide it, just like Anthony Hopkins. Right? Yeah, it's awful. It's sad. I mean, in, in a way, there's nothing more terrifying than getting old. It's the scariest thing in the world. Uh, or is it just a new chapter in life? It's the great beyond. Oh uh, yeah, fair. I'm still. Gra- I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I'm still grappling with that. <laughs> uh, Shakespeare called it the undiscovered country. <laughs> Did he? he did. And I only know that because of Star Trek Six, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, you read a lot of Shakespeare. <laughs> no, no. Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek quoted liberally from Shakespeare and other sources. Oh, shoot. We're burning through this one quick. Any, uh, my gosh, what other notes do we have? Uh, we are because I, my mind has been on the final scene since last night, since I watched it last night. What else is there? Yeah. Also, it's not in addition to seeing people out of order. Mm-hmm. There's like a time jump in his mind. Like at one point he sees Paul and he says, mm-hmm. he says, oh, I'm married to her. And he says, how long? And he says, coming up on 10 years. And then the yes. very next scene, Anne walks in and she's been divorced. I think she said for five years. So it's, there's, there's a lot of time jumping. And then early, and in the middle of the film, he meets Laura. And then near the end of the film later, Anne says to him, Laura, you know, the woman who's helping you, we met just the other day. So was it really the other mm-hmm. day or does she say that to yeah. him every single day? It's, you know, because he can't remember more than one day. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's all right. Well, it's going to be okay, Cassie. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Is it? Is it though? Absolutely, absolutely. I just want to know that Anthony Hopkins is okay. Uh, he won the BAFTA for this too. Uh, I think he's okay. You like the BAFTAs? <laughs> I, t- I mean, 
<laughs> I just always see on Twitter. Well, you know, I like everything British. So, oh, yes. I, 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 do you subscribe to Acorn? No, I don't know what that Acorn is. Acorn is a British streaming service like Netflix in England, but it's oh. available here. So you can watch all the British shows. Oh my gosh. How did I not know, I know about this? Now you do. Now you can get on it. Okay. So we covered almost everything already because everything kind of repeats in this film. If everything they did that didn't repeat, if they only did everything once in this movie, I think the movie would be 45 minutes long. You know what I mean? And it's hard to, it's hard to break things down and give <laughs> uh, like theories and stuff because we don't, it's kind of impossible to follow and we don't know what's happening, you know? So yeah, this is a tough one. <laughs> this is a tough one to talk about. And I knew it would be when I was watching it, but I also felt like it was important to talk about because it was just such a good film. It was, although I don't know if I could recommend it to everybody just because it's such a, a disorienting watch. That's all. Yeah. Um, I was glad it was not super long. It was mm-hmm. only about 90 minutes, yes. which it like, that gets rarer and rarer these days. Movies are just way too long. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was glad this one was not because it did not need to be. So, um, that's right. The movie doesn't waste your time. All right. Yeah. Listen, sounds like Cassie is thoroughly traumatized today. Let's skip to the final scene. Kathy, thoughts on the final scene. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you want um, me to break it down for you and you react? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Kathleen is the nurse we see at the very end of the film. He's he's at this point, according to his his own mind, he is in a res an old folks residence home, kind of like a mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not sure if it's a hospice care. It's yeah. It's like a long term care. Right. Facility, long, well, there's like well, there's different levels. Anyway, so just right outside his door, it's like a hallway, and she, he sees his nurse talking to another another elderly elderly patient. So. Anyway, we can't tell if it's long-term care or hospice care, meaning hospice is like long- elderly care, but they're close to death. Anyway, we don't know. It's okay. Yeah, right. I didn't get the feeling that it was hospice. Okay, so she gives him his pills. He feels like he's being made fun of again, but then he sort of, he gets even more emotional than we've seen him before. He, you know, he starts, he walks away. He says, I don't know what's happening. I feel like I'm losing my mind. He starts to break mm-hmm. down and then he calls out for Anne. And then he just, he says, he says, I want my mommy. And that's when I lost yeah, it. Yeah. That's when I absolutely, I don't know how you can laugh at this because I was sobbing, Josh. I like, oh my God, I can't even laugh like, like in a dark way about it because I just. No, it gets, yeah. right. Well, it, it gets back to, it gets back to being old is like being young again. Uh, he, yeah. he finally regressed to the point that he just wanted someone to take care of him. And the whole film, he was fighting being taken care of. And all of a sudden, it's like he's, right. he, he lets yeah. go. He wants to be taken care of. So when he, when, I think when he has those moments of lucidity and he realizes kind of what's happening to him is when he says, I need, I need help or I want my mom. But yeah, when, when he said, is she, is my mom coming to yeah, visit yeah, me? Yeah, you see my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, he said, do you know her? Do you know my mother? And she says, no. Yeah. And then when he broke down um, and and she hugged him and that's, and that's when I was like, throw all the Oscars (laughs) at Anthony Hopkins. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and, just just shove them at his face because he needs them all for this. And and that's, and that's the end of the film. And then quiet jazz music plays, not unlike the jazz music he was listening to throughout the film. At various points in the film, he goes back to his room, puts on his headphones, and plays a jazz CD just to relax and look out the window. Yeah. And at one point, it stops stops working. Yeah. Remember? So yeah, kind of. Yeah, so, and then he 
takes it out, puts it in another one, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Things aren't working. Things aren't working for Antony anymore. And then he says, oh, oh my gosh. After after he says, I want my mommy, I forgot that the actual final words are, who are you? I'm Catherine. No, she said. he says, who are you? She says, I'm Catherine. And then he says, then who am I? She says, you're Antony. Yeah. And then he says, yeah. Antony. That's a nice name, isn't it? And then they hug, and that's the final coda. That's it. Finn, as they say in the, the cinema. Finn. Yeah, Finny. Finny. Oh, my gosh. I just, yeah. Um, this was this was the point where I think I had used up an entire box of Kleenex. <laughs> like, <laughs> snot running out of my nose. <laughs> like, my neighbors may have heard me sobbing. I get it. I read that apparently, where did I read this? I think I saw it on Twitter. The character of Anthony didn't actually have a, a name at first, but the director wanted Anthony Hopkins to be in it so bad that he, he named the character Anthony to try and convince him to be in the film. <laughs> Sometimes after I'm traumatized by a film, I need to find cute little fun facts like that to make me feel better about life. Yeah. And that's one that I found. Uh, and I thought that was that was very sweet and funny. Yeah. And I also saw a little video of Anthony Hopkins doing a little jig when he won the BAFTA. And I said, okay, I think I can go to sleep now, <laughs> maybe. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a sweet old man. I wish he was my grandpa. Oh, he's so cute. I know. Okay, so how many boxes of Kleenex do you rate this one? How many boxes of Kleenex? Um, I mean, his performance is absolutely a 10 out of 10. The only thing, again, I felt like that weird horror movie sequence was a little out of place. Mm-hmm. That was like the one thing where I was kind of scratching my head going, why did we need this? Yeah. Because it was scary enough in itself, just being the confusion. We didn't need that. I didn't yeah. think. Um, so I'll take away 0.5 for that. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead with 9.5 oh. boxes of Kleenex. All right. Uh, Nine and a half boxes of Kleenex. Okay. Well, the film is based on a play and, a lot of films based on the play just take place in like one or two rooms. And it was funny, like, mm-hmm. as you noticed, audience, every single every single scene took place in like either his room or their house. And you see the house, but yeah. then like it was a different house. Oh, by the way, and this is a British film, so they kept calling it a flat. So anyway, the right. anyway flat. so yeah. every single flat looks similar. Like, and you see like the scene sort of shift a little bit and it'd be like a slightly different hallway, but it'd be the same perspective. Even in the residence home, you open the door the hallway look like the hallway in his old apartment you know yeah so. mm-hmm. yeah i often f- was confused about where like they even were to be honest i mean i know I just, just like he was <laughs> anyway so for for me the fact that it's based on a play sort of hampered it mm-hmm. slightly because i wish they talked about so much about going out for walks in the park but they never showed it and i wish they did and okay. so it would have had more i mean well, because he couldn't remember them, I guess. Maybe. I, I, I wish they did. You know, I wished. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wished Anne could have, you know, like Anne never. Anne held back the whole film. That was it. That's 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 why that's why I don't like it as much as I could. Anne held back. She never she she always protected him. She never told him the way she was feeling. Unlike her husband did, who like talked, talked about how he felt right in front of his face. Yeah, she had a shield up the whole film. So that's I would have liked to seen her walk in the park and actually talk to him talk to him like you know like like he's really there i liked it a lot i just wish it had broadened its scope and had like one or two outdoor scenes come on guys i mean they showed the outdoors it didn't let you get there but i would give it eight stolen watches out of ten because of that that's it oh man you're a tough critic on this one man (laughs) well i felt i mean i felt like 
I guess it did feel a little claustrophobic, but then so did his brain, you know? So I don't, I guess that's kind of how I read it, but I see what you're saying. Yep. I respect it. Okay. I respect your professional opinion, Josh. Professional, <laughs> professionally rated IM, IMDb and uh, Rotten Tomatoes movie critic over here. That's right. Hey, I have an IMDb from when I was an extra in an in indie movie when I was like 19 years old. <laughs> I have one credit on IMDb somewhere. Oh, uh, the only reason I have any is because I kept submitting it over and over again to IMDb. I tried to explain to them I had real credits and they never believed me. Eventually... I kept mm. screenshotting everything. I was like, my God, here's my name in the credits. Put me in. And eventually they did. Now I have like two credits, but I should have five. Okay. Well, everybody. Well, thanks. This has been Josh and Cassie. Yell about movies. Uh, yeah, or we're this done week it was Josh and Cassie now. cry about movies, you know. Maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe we should, uh, <laughs> we should have we changed the title. We need to slow down, hmm? slow down the outro like <laughs> for this week and just make it really melancholy. <laughs> and like... Just to match the tone of this film. Yeah, run it oh. slow speed. Okay, well, that's it. I guess I'm going to stop recording. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Right. Bye, guys. Hopefully we'll be a little cheerier next week. <laughs> <laughs> I told you they'd yell about directors, yell about the plot. They yelled about the act and hope they let the guests talk. But mostly Josh and Cassie.